welcome to the Coven Collective Podcast, hosted by Melissa Johnson, Molly Mitchell-Hartfield, and Pilar Brooks. We are three trained psychotherapists, intuitive healers, and practicing witches, here to offer tools to deepen and expand your psychic life. May we serve as channels for divine consciousness to come through in the transmission of this podcast. May the message be in service to the deepest roots and highest expansion of the collective. May we embody this guidance. All right. Hi. Hi. Ooh, so we can get into it today, into intuition. Yeah. The juicy topic. I know. I'm really excited to talk about intuition with you guys even further. Yeah. I'm sure we could do many episodes on this. I know. Um, I have a quote to kick us off. This is from Women Who Run With the Wolves by um, Dr. Cla- uh, Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Um, We were just talking about how this book is a Bible of sorts. Um, So she she writes, Intuition is the treasure of a woman's psyche. It is like a divining instrument and like a crystal through which one can see with uncanny interior vision. It is like a wise old woman who is with you always, who tells you exactly what the matter is, tells you exactly whether you need to go left or right. It is a form of the one who knows, old La Que Sabe, the wild woman. Mm. <sighs> so good. I just got a flood of images as you read that. Mm. It, yeah. And it makes me wonder, you know, and I'm sure we're going to get into this, is like just different ways that we all individually pick up things intuitively um i i know for me sometimes it comes as i'm i'm super imaginal mm-hmm. so it comes is like just this like flood of imagery um but i get i i think for me what just clicked when you read that was like the flood of images but then there's like a sense of anchor Mm. that like comes comes with the imagery and it's not quite like a like like a like tangible like physical somatic thing but it's like in the in Mm. the body if Mm. that makes any sense that's like the closest that I can Mm. I can describe it as that sounds like uh um I would what I would imagine is that that sounds like an inner place that maybe you've had to cultivate that mm-hmm. sense of like anchoring and trust mm-hmm. with that part because um, kind of like moving into how um, Dr. Pinkola Estes talks about claiming your intuition as a woman is really an initiatory experience. And so there's a lot of inner work that mm-hmm. has to happen in order to really be in loving relationship and trusting relationship with intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of leads me into this fairy tale about Vasilisa the wise, which is a really old Russian fairy tale. Um, and you might hear like little remnants of, uh, more modern fairy tales in it. I'm just going to like really briefly go through it. It's got a lot of detail and I'm just going to kind of like, um, get the main points, but so Vasilisa's, uh, a child and her mother uh, dies as she's a child and she's left with her dad. Um, and, after the family mourns for a while, the father ends up remarrying. And so the stepmother and two stepsisters move in. And in private, the stepmother and stepsisters are really cruel to Vasilisa. And they have a plot um, to, they want Vasilisa gone, basically. 
Um, and so they blow out all the fire in the house and they tell her to go get fire from the really scary old witch in the forest, Baba Yaga, who's such a figure. Um, and when she visits Baba Yaga and they think she's, you know, met her demise just by having to go visit Baba Yaga because she's a really kind of um, fearsome person um, who's not afraid to kill. And so she has to go through all of these ordeals and all of these tasks. Um, and something I forgot to mention that's the most important part is that when her mother died, she gifted her this really small doll to keep with her always. And she tells her that this doll is here for you whenever you need guidance. Um, and so to call on the wisdom of this doll. And so at any point along the way in her journey to get to Baba Yaga's house, she calls on the doll, which way do I go? And the doll tells her. And so she's um, met Baba Yaga and she's put her through all these tests. And each test, it seems like it's in a completely impossible thing, like um, sorting all of these poppy seeds from um, the dirt and something that would take anyone, you know, perhaps months to do. And she has, you know, a day. And each time the, the doll says, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of it. And lo and behold, the, the doll takes care of it. And so the doll helps her get through this whole ordeal. And Vasilisa actually comes back to the house with fire. Um, and she also, you know, through this journey comes back with um, what the doll represents, which is intuition, um, where before she didn't have contact with intuition in that way. So um, how it's really this experience of having to go through some more deals in life in order to kind of earn the relationship with intuition. So I really heard that in, in what you were saying, Pilar. Yeah. It does such a beautiful example. Like, uh, it really defines intuition, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 It's such a, um, I think we try to pin it down and try to define it. And just in its own essence, it's almost this somewhat ineffable, really personal thing. And I know Pilar, you were saying kind of how you get your information. And for me, it happens so much on the feeling level. Mm -hmm. um, what's called clairsentience. And it's so nonverbal that um, for me in my like earning that trusting, loving relationship with my intuition has been over the years, um, connecting what I'm getting in the feeling field with words and images. Mm -hmm. Um, and that that's, that it, it's been sort of a challenging thing and, and in some ways feels like, um, the way I've gotten intuition in life feels so far removed from being able to share it. Mm -hmm. And now as you know, I've gone through ordeals in life, I feel like I can share it more. Right. Um, One part of that fairy tale that I love, um, Jung defines intuition as perception via the unconscious. Mm. And the part about when she has to sort the seeds and the doll says, don't worry about it, it'll be taken care of. Like, that's the unconscious working, right? Yeah, right, right. And, like, putting the ego aside, the ego that's, like, such a small part of mm, yeah. what the psyche is and how you do have to move the ego aside. And I think I – think it's one of the really common questions is like, how do you differentiate the fear voice and intuition? Right. And I think that the fear voice comes from ego and the desire to control mm -hmm. and understand. And the intuition's like, you're not going to understand. That's not the point ego, you know, like, mm -hmm. let me take care of this. I got this, you know, that like, it's already there in the unconscious. What is being perceived like the quote that you shared in the beginning, um, at the end, it says something like, it's the one who knows what you already know, right? Yeah. 
Um, the one who knows. Yeah. The yeah. one who knows. And I feel like intuition really is like one way to look at it that is helpful for me is that it is like the courage to know what I already know. Mm. That's beautiful. Like it's already in my unconscious and it, it takes courage to, to want to want to listen and hear that. You know, I think think part of that is that at least in my own personal experience, and I imagine a lot of people is that because there's not a lot of um, collective respect or really like space for intuition to be, Um, heard, seen, validated in our culture, that we grow up um, kind of like uh, subtly being told that it's not a thing and to kind of ignore it. And so we're overriding it constantly. Um, And then I think there are certain people who are, um, you know, maybe more highly intuitive or highly sensitive to intuition where like it starts to affect you physically so intensely and where like chronic illness comes in and all of this stuff um and so you know you grow up with your intuition being invalidated constantly and then i i feel really grateful to be in a field where now finally it's like not only is my intuition being validated, but it's like an incredible asset to the, to the work of psychotherapy and mm-hmm. healing and, you know, all that, all that we do. Mm-hmm. And we're such in relationship with like active relationship with our intuitions when we're working with, with clients. And I know for me, and I'm, I imagine, you know, I know you two pretty well and, like that's now so integrated in our personal lives. It's like, because I I mean, that's where it started. Right. And then we, we knew that we wanted to go into this field to, for, for some reason, if it's one of the reasons to be in connection with that kind of divine force. And I, and I don't call it like divine force lightly, like, because there is, at least for me, it feels like such a sacred relationship that I've had to work really hard to build and remain connected to in my life because there's, there's so many, there's so many infinite things that, you know, you walk, you, you walk sort of like even just half asleep through your day and go through autopilot. And it's like, I'll catch myself sometimes being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like where, what am I actually doing? Does this, is this like, is this serving me right now? You know? Yeah. So I, I think, um, you know, I'm already losing my train of thought of where I began, but the, the image of the, the little doll that, you know, she gets in this fairy tale, she has this like physical object that she keeps really close to her. And like, if all, if we could all individually like keep that, our, our metaphorical like intuition doll with us in our pocket, like on hand all the time. I wish it was uh, so tangible, you know, because it would be so much harder to invalidate that inner experience. And I think especially to being women, like the, the sort of toxic collective uh, narrative is like women are crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from on some level, like this attunement to intuition that then gets invalidated. Right. And I think a lot of the collective really pulls us away from our intuition mm-hmm. um, also because sometimes our intuition, it's not rational, you know? So it doesn't always make logical sense. Like why move here? Why take this job? Why, you know, do this thing that seems so, um, why go to the school? Um, Like on paper could seem a little bit crazy. Yeah, it is an irrational function. Yeah. According to the Jungian definition of it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a powerful thing to have it in balance with the rational thinking. It's yeah. like, cause you know, if you do, if you follow the trail of like, you know, your, your only your intuition leading you, you know, I, I would imagine that you'd have a particular kind of like fulfillment from that. And I, I don't know because I haven't fully done this before, but I know for like days at a time I've been or like hours at a time, it's not, it doesn't always um, help us land in like our day to day, like, you know, earth realm place. Um, But I think the magic is when you combine your intuition with like, like your to-do list. Yeah. And somehow have them like talk to one another. And, and that to me is like where the real powerful, like integrative, um, you know, life starts to, starts to flow. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's really the balance between the masculine and feminine mm, polarity, right. right? Like the, the masculine needs to hold what is received by the feminine intuition. Right. Yeah. That started making my to-do list in like masculine things to do and feminine things to do. I love that as a practice. Helps me. I mean, and of course, my like masculine to do list is significantly longer. How does the best like hashtag patriarchy? You know. I know. I know. So I've I've now like I made it an intention just in my planner to try and make them even. Mm. So now I'm having to like force myself to add more of like mm. the feminine to do list things and. You guys, when I actually go through with all of the things, I cross them off on on both lists, I, like, feel so fucking accomplished. Mm. And I feel so embodied and, like, fulfilled in in a way that I know I wouldn't if I just did the masculine side or if I just did the feminine side. It's such a testament to, um, like, our natural movement toward wholeness and how in many ways that's like the goal in life and that I, I uh, am intuiting that we're all probably further toward that intuitive function in the kind of Jungian typology. And in his work, you know, what you really want to do is develop the inferior function. So how to move into that more thinking function And as we've been talking, I'm like, oh, that's what was happening for me when I started to be able to verbalize. It's intuitive and sensate, though. Those are the... Those are the poles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is really interesting to me because, um, like, the ways that we receive intuitive information are through the senses, in a way, like, through, you know... Um, clairvoyance, claircognizance, clairaudience. They're like subtle senses. Well, they're not, right. It's like, they're not, it's not actually physically what's there. It's the possibility. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just always found it interesting that that is, that Jung puts the intuition on a polarity with the sensate function, like everything experiencing the world through our senses. Um, when the intuition is also received on a subtle level through the senses. Yeah. I imagine like the, um, you know, the subtle body and the chakras and um, kind of the energetics. Cause that feels, it is the senses, but it's, it's like the subtle senses. It's not the like really concrete what what our western minds can grapple with type of senses function is like the materialized version of the intuitive just like yeah i what's really interesting in thinking about like the subtle body and then like the not subtle body so if the subtle body is like um you know, that, that sort of like indescribable can't really, we can't even like quite put language to it right here, but it's that very nonverbal, very sort of like quiet, energetic, 
um, sense in our bodies and then comparing it to like the actual sort of like sensational experiences in your body and how intuition plays with both of them. It's like, I, you know, it's always like the, the chicken or the egg. If you walk into a, a room for instance, and you know, I know that I've had this like stomach turns upside down Um, and it makes no, it makes no sense. Right. It's like, I'm, I'm looking around, I'm orienting. My nervous system is like, yeah, I think, I think this is like an okay place to walk into. It's not like there's a tiger staring at me, but I just know like my stomach just did something. So like, what was that? And that always, that's another thing that I've had to like really, um, give like valid curiosity to like, Oh, you, and, and almost like, um, speaking to it, like if it was a child or like another kind of entity that isn't human, like what, what, what was going on there? Like, Mm -hmm. maybe we're sensing something's a little bit off, like energetically with the room. Maybe, maybe we're sensing something is about to happen and we want to remove ourselves and, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you like how many of those kinds of circumstances have happened. And then I get validation later on that like, Oh yeah, that wasn't the right room to walk into. Mm -hmm. I love the word you used of curiosity. I think that's such a beautiful way to approach Mm -hmm. intuition and really like dialoguing um, because it's a little bit playful. Mm -hmm. Like just like being open to curiosity, like, it doesn't need to be so um, heavy. Yeah. But I think that's a beautiful kind of like sentiment to bring to it. Yeah. Just getting curious. Yeah. And you really described like how you build a relationship with your intuition. It's, yeah. it, I feel like it ta- it's through action is like how to build that trust with your intuition is you have to take action on what the information is you're receiving. Mm-hmm. Well, I think too, like so often we don't, right? And I think um, that's like the it, it gets somaticized. I, I mean, at least that's how it is in me. Like if I override my intuition and I'm doing that a lot, like uh-huh. something gets wacky in my body. You know, like my digestion gets weird or whatever it is. And so that's like such a clue in to me to like check back in. And like you were talking about before, Pilar, like listening to intuition can be a moment to moment experience. Checking in like when you're at a restaurant and going, okay, like what do I, what do I want to eat? You know, like, and actually taking just like a pause to feel into like, what's my yes and what's my no. And what is my yes and no? How does that feel in my body? You know, and that it can be a a really kind of like on some level, concrete, actionable item, like you're saying, Melissa. Um, And that I think that's kind of a nice way to, um, yeah, to build that relationship and not have it be so like ephemeral or um, out of reach. Yeah. Yeah. I I think about um, like motherhood and having children and, you know, and, and not having children of my own. And maybe Molly, you can speak to like your journey on this so far, but like how to how to nurture a a child's intuition, like how to see, how to be tuned into their intuitive sense on, on what their, what their yeses and nos are. Because I like, I know for me that that's something that, you know, I, I was given to some extent, but then there are things that I wasn't. And I then later on had to figure out like, and, and feel into like, oh my gosh, I have like, it feels like these underdeveloped, like really young, young parts of me that maybe weren't properly mirrored or like seen or validated. And we all have some of that, like no matter if we come up from the most fucked up family or not, like, 
it's impossible to constantly mirror our children, but those important like clues and that subtle language feels super important to, to nurture and to uh, almost like, like teach little ones like, yeah, that's, that's your, that's your intuition. Like that's another part of you. I think it's broken. Like it's a broken lineage, just like so many of these wisdom traditions are that like, I think we're really wrestling in this like Kali Yuga existence that we're in. We're wrestling with like that we've really lost touch with some of our deepest, most profound gifts on this planet. And something that Jung said was that um, luckily nothing's ever lost in the psyche as we're talking about. It's there. It's this presence that's always there and that we can, uh, kind of reignite that flame and and have a relationship with that inner wise woman, that inner figure, or however she shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then speaking to what what you were saying, Pilar, is um, I listened to um, this other podcast. This woman has a daughter, and her daughter's older, so you know they're actually like talking. My son's only um, eleven months old, though not to say that it can't already be in touch with that, which I can definitely speak to. Um, But what I loved, because being a young girl, for me, I knew, and I'm looking back, I'm like, yeah, I I just knew when I was around men that did not feel safe. Like, Mm -hmm. I knew it from a mile away. And never once was that, like, validated or, like, I didn't know that I could even say anything about that because it was so nonverbal. It's like, I'm just getting a hit, you know? And so my response was just, like, to be mean. (laughs) Like, I would just be mean to these people so that they got some message to stay away from me. Um, But it's not something that I I felt like I could um, tell anyone. Um, Such a cultural wound around intuition and, like, a shaming yeah about being connected to it yeah and there's a shaming around like having boundaries around around your energy and you know it sounds like in that case molly uh, like for you your intuition was trying to communicate boundaries to yourself of like yo that's not that's not an energy i want to be around it doesn't feel helpful for me or it feels threatening to me. And like, it's such, you know, I know that we've all experienced this. Like we, you know, when you just know, it's like, it's that inner knowing it, it, you, it doesn't think twice. It doesn't have a, Oh, maybe it's like, no, that doesn't feel like the right person to be around right now. That's another, yeah. I distinguish between um, intuition and just other random thoughts or feelings, um, is that intuition comes through with just this clarity Mm. and, and almost like a detachment too, like no emotion attached to it. Of course, like five seconds later, the emotion can come, but when it's, when the information is coming through, it's just, it's really detached and no feeling. That's one it seems to come through at lightning speed too. It's like somehow something in me just calculated all of this in an instant. <laughs> you yeah. know? It's like boom, it's right there, direct line. And you're like, okay, I guess. Yeah, it can be so you know, that also points to like intuition can be really overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. Like it can't it can't you know, we can't we're trying to like keep up with this like higher power essentially. We're trying to integrate, like the human ego is trying, it, which is our day-to-day function, and what and what we hear in our own minds most of the day. That part's trying to integrate, like whoa, 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 buddy! Like you just gave me like a, a God message. Like give me a second to sort of integrate. Like okay, if this isn't the right room or restaurant we need to be in for whatever reason, then like okay, then we need to figure out where we're going next and what kind of food or like, And it's interesting that like, I found that some of those really big moments in life, like for years, you know, I'm processing why that came up for years. Like, what was that? Why, you know, why did I get that message? And 
I also want to circle back to um, fostering in kids where this, this podcast I was listening to, this woman has a daughter and her daughter was probably like, I don't know, six to 11, that kind of range. But every time they do like anything, she's like, how does that feel in your body to be with that person? And like, no questions asked if she's like, it does not feel good. Then she's like, cool, we don't have to do it. We don't have to go, you know? And I think you could take that in a really extreme way, but I also think that like validating that there's a a felt sense of rightness or wrongness in the body is something so tangible you can do with yourself, but also with little ones that you're raising. Um, And I think like the fundamental part of that, which at this point, you know, with my 11 month old, um, it's just trusting him, trusting, trusting that he knows and that um, trusting his curiosity, Mm -hmm. but being there, like being there to, you know, be the guardrails while he is still kind of like figuring out what this dense reality is. Yeah. And it, you know, the, I remember in in one of my therapy sessions with with my personal therapist she I was describing some story that I can't even remember what it was but it was it was a perfect example of intuition because I was in a situation with another person that I actually wanted to be like I wanted to be with this person. I wanted to do the thing that we were doing. I wanted to like, I like planned it. It was like, yeah, that's exciting. That's exciting. And then, you know, the first like hour goes by and then all of a sudden I was like, I don't really want to be here anymore. (laughs) And my, my human ego being like having to integrate that and figure that out. And I remember overriding it. Like I made the choice, like, no, we're going to stay. You've been planning this for like a week. Like you're going to stay. You love this person. Look, you're having fun. It's like this dialogue (laughs) in your head, right? And another like 30 minutes goes by. And I remember going to the bathroom and like having this super intense feeling of needing to just like weep. Like I just need to cry. And when I was telling this to my my therapist, she gave the example of like when it, like a two-year-old is in a, in a park and like they're having so much fun, right? They're like exploring, they're talking about wanting to go to the park. They're like, you know, just so stoked and like all their senses are, they've come alive. And then just like in a switch, they look at you and they just like start crying. And it's like, oh, okay, honey. And like now time to go somewhere else. Like, um, so anyways, just wanted to, to give that story and normalize also that like, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly having, you know, not this like just nice and sensuous like relationship with my intuition. Like most of the time it's a battle. Most of the time it's multiple, multiple parts of me at like all at a conference table screaming at each other. (laughs) That is the learning curve with building a relationship to your intuition is those like, are those occurrences when you don't listen to it? And then lo and behold, you know, like what comes to mind, actually, this was like last summer for me, I was at the beach and I was, which is a regular thing. I go like once a week, I live near the beach. Um, I was walking towards the water and then I just got this just clear knowing that I would be stung by a stingray. And it was so specific and clear that I almost like, I, I almost just wanted to test it. Like I, I just wanted that proof, almost like an ego hit of like proof. So I went in the water like usual. I could have, you know, done the stingway shuffle to <laughs> add some precaution, but I didn't. I just was acting like how, how I usually do. And I got stung. You know, <laughs> like... And that, I think, was maybe the last time that I will need that, like, ego proof. Mm -hmm. I think it was a real lesson to me to just 
trust it. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we don't listen, it can end up being or feeling like a self-betrayal. And I think over time we can create a scenario with ourselves where there's just no trust. There's no trust with self. Like I don't got me, Mm -hmm. you know? And what I have trouble with personally is this people pleaser in me that like will override to make someone else feel comfortable. So like if I was in your scenario, Pilar, like, Oh, but, but are they gonna, whoever you're with, you know, like, are they gonna like hate me? Am I, you know, am I going to disappoint them? It's like all about the other person all of a sudden, you know? And meanwhile, like I'm just betraying this, wise woman in me that knows what I need in the moment and on some level it is that like moment to moment awareness that um yeah you've planned it for weeks and you know you really want to part of you really wants to be doing this but um but then something strong comes through and you don't do it yeah. Then you have to deal with the whole kind of fallout of that. And I think some people are really graceful and wonderful at doing that. And some people, that's an inferior part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know for me, just, you know, beautifully voiced, you know, your, your, your shadow element to that kind of situation, which is people pleasing. Mm-hmm. I know for me, and remembering that situation, my, my shadow element is like, I'm going to be judged if I have to, I'm going to have to explain myself, like, and I'm going to have to like confess that this is actually what's happening. Um, and, and make that more vulnerable part of me, like really exposed. And it does feel like a younger, I mean, for me, even just naming it, I'm like, yeah, that's definitely like a young wound. Um, And, you know, because in the past, you know, and we've all had moments like this, like when you're trying to explain a part of yourself that you don't even know how to quite verbalize yet. And then like, you're not in a safe environment or in an environment where someone or the energy or whatever can mirror back like yeah that's that's fine like I feel like that sometimes too mm-hmm. and it can be like really it can be like an assault to that that essence that intuitive part um and I think especially like as a highly sensitive person I know that we all are here um that that's then taken like with a little more weight and a little more like oomph when, when it does sort of get hit. So finding those like safe people, your like soul pod, your tribe, your home, your beloved, like this, the safe places that feel okay to practice, like being in fluid relationship with these different parts of ourselves. Yeah, practice is a good um, a good word. I think it does take practice. And, um, and Melissa, you said earlier, courage. I think it takes a lot of courage um, mm-hmm. and to do it with people that feel really safe uh, to start with um, who can do that lovely thing that people do when they receive you and they go, I totally get it. No worries, you know, versus like laying on the guilt train or whatever that that young on like undeveloped part is like oh god so susceptible to the guilt trip yeah yeah i really feel like fear is the main thing keeping people disconnected from the intuition is like you're afraid of what's gonna come through potentially yeah yeah is because it could change your whole life it could change and I I know that you know we sit with with clients in these kinds of situations where they've probably had something trying to come through for years maybe their entire lives that is completely opposite from what their like daily foundation and life looks like so it it is like all right well when 
when do you feel ready to like fully listen to that voice and to respect it and own it? And then how do you integrate that? Yeah, it's kind of a funny paradox because disowning your intuition, I feel like creates so much anxiety, Mm -hmm. like just chronic anxiety. And, but it's also the fear that's keeping you from it. So it's like, you know, kind of this paradox of you having to, yeah, just build the courage to allow what is meant to come through to come through. And then that in turn, I found helps anxiety tremendously. Yeah. Do you notice like when, when you like all of us three or like to listeners, like when you follow and give voice to your intuition, what, what shifts inside of you? You know, like if you really, um, like if I left, for instance, like using my story, if I left right when I knew like, yeah, I need to go, there's something else is coming up and this doesn't feel right anymore. If I left, I bet, because I've had examples where I'm successful with my intuition and listening to it, I feel so empowered. I feel so like in alignment with myself. Like I feel like I have all, all parts of myself and I'm not singular by any means. I have so many different voices going on in my head at once. If I have all of those parts with me and like, you know, like almost like if I have like all my kids in the car, all right, now we're, yeah, we're all in the car. Like no one's left behind. Like, wow, we did that. That feels really good. What's coming through for me is what I imagine you're feeling at the beginning when you're feeling that solidness inside, that there's like a ground inside me that's like, ah, I just got my feet solidly planted there. And like you said, kind of like, we're all here being like, you know, yeah. Um, Yeah. I wonder if it would be helpful to, I have um, just a really great uh, teaching from um, this tarot teacher named Lindsay Mack, who does really beautiful work. Um, And she really beautifully differentiates um, the fear voice from intuition. And she says that if there's like a, you should do this, that that's ego and not the soul. And you ought to have done this, that it's never intuition. It's always like, like ego Um, or like you'd better do this or else Um, anything where there's like urgency or like kind of a, a, little threat to it um that's not it right it really is detached like it comes through with just this clarity and detachment no matter what what if it's good or bad you know like it's it's always comes through neutral yeah if it's if there's fear attached to the message that is the voice of your fear not intuition yeah makes me think about too how like because we're Um, in the collective ego divorced from intuition um, we're kind of in a collective of self-betrayal I mean so clearly I mean just look at like any institution you can see it rampant anywhere and what came up in my mind was um, in birthing you know Mm -hmm. not following intuition and birthing and getting your um, sovereignty stripped away in in birthing um, and that sense of empowerment because I remember for me, birthing at home, and not to say you can't do this in you know a, a medical setting, but I moment to moment was just like right there with intuition, and that I could just sit, name what I needed, name where I needed to go, and just do it, and knowing that that's how I'm going to get my baby out. Like we know it. Like we're we're in complete union and communication. Yeah. And I'm, I feel really grateful that that's how I got to start my motherhood journey with my son is in such communion with my intuition, because it's definitely bled over into how I parent. Um, and I'm, I'm such like a researcher and uh, not like in 
somewhat of a <laughs> intense way, but um, I always come back to intuition. I always filter everything that I read through my intuition. I'm like, okay, cool. Like that resonates on a soul level. Cool. Like let's add that into the knowledge bank that just kind of like bolsters that already inner knowing. Mm-hmm. Like that's when I know I've met something really um, like part of like my soul knowledge, like what I'm supposed to deliver in this lifetime, what I'm supposed to speak in this lifetime, what I'm supposed to embody in this lifetime is like when I filter it through that intuitive filter that something lands, you know, and everything else I'm like, nope, (laughs) that ain't right, you know, Mm -hmm. and so much of what I see out there does not feel right. Yeah. Then, then you're living such a life of like lightness you know like you're you're grounded in a light way like Mm -hmm. not grounded in a stationary way but you're grounded in like I'm I'm going with the flow of the river I'm going with the current I'm plugged in to to the the undercurrents or the you know whatever sort of metaphor we want to use here but I just keep thinking of water and I keep thinking of the way water moves and and how it's really big and powerful but then like when you're in it it's so like light and divine like if you've ever let your your body just like float down a river oh it's fucking divine It's like, I, it's so, I mean, that's personally my like favorite, favorite place to go to like reset is down a river. So it makes sense that I'm using that metaphor, but I, you guys get what I mean. (laughs) It also feels um, like if we were to characterize these things, it feels really feminine and so does intuition. Mm -hmm. Um, And the sensate function feels a lot more masculine and you know concretized and i love the idea that the feminine is such an embodiment of like the water in a river and the masculine is such an embodiment of the banks and how you need both you know and kind of circling back to what we talked about at the beginning of really needing balance and um moving toward wholeness Mm -hmm. i wonder how do you guys feel about um maybe for listeners who are curious about kind of like different ways of receiving intuition, naming some of the different clairs. Yeah. That feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, So the clairs are all the different ways that you uh, get intuitive hits. So um, claircognizance is sort of that sense of just like knowing and like, I don't know how I know. I just know. Um, And then there's clairvoyance, which is intuitive seeing. So that's a lot of like the visuals and images. Um, And we can, you know, talk about this more, all these more if we want. Um, Clairaudience. So that's like hearing voices or the um, voices of guides, angels, um, whatever that might be. So there's like an auditory aspect, um, clairsentience, which is, um, knowing in, in a feeling sense, um, being able to feel into other people's feelings, being able to feel into the feelings that are in the room. Um, and then we talked about some of the, uh, maybe maybe less talked about ones, which are clairsalience, which is intuitive smell, and um, clairtangency, which is intuitive touch. There's so, a taste one. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. So interesting. I love thinking about different examples that, like, I may have felt mm-hmm. something through one of the senses. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I know. Like I said before, me, it's like really, it's visual and it's, um, I forget, I already forget which one you listed, but the one where you sort of like feel it in, in your body for, um, clairsentience, clairsentience, yeah, yeah, more through the, 
the senses, but I always think of like smell because I know I, I'm really, I have a very sensitive smell. Mm. Mm. What's interesting to me is that like, I, I really believe that everyone is intuitive. Yeah. Um, maybe like some people's intuitive powers are more available than others, but I think that everybody is intuitive. And when I read through that, like you're saying, it's like, I definitely have a dominant ones, but I'm like, that one's coming online or like, um, you know, or maybe that is something like I do that thing. Um, for me, strengthening my intuition is about building those skills that are less, um, that come less naturally to me. I think it's great to have access to all of them. I think everyone does. Um, like when I was probably like teenage years, early twenties, I think I got majority of my psychic information, um, through the feeling one. And it just like blew out my nervous system, really. Like it was just too much information coming in one way. So if you can get it in different ways, it kind of alleviates. Oh, that's a really interesting way of thinking about it. Like that um, it won't flood that one system. Right. Mm. So I like to develop the, the ones that don't come as naturally to me to Mm. have access to all of it. Yeah. And it sounds like what we've been talking about is, you know, in order to develop them, there has to be an element of listening first and foremost, um, curiosity, and then like, uh, a trust enough to, do something about it, whether it's like saying something or taking some sort of action. And that really builds trust in yourself. Like self-esteem is, you know, like trusting yourself. Yeah. And like you were saying, Pilar, that empowerment feeling. Yeah. Empowerment. Yeah. One thing I am feeling called to name is that we, so what we're really talking about is these are psychic abilities. And the word psychic, just I've, I've been noticing how we haven't used that word. Mm. And intuition feels more palatable, like more acceptable. But I just felt, yeah, I just felt called to name that, that there's no difference between intuition and psychic ability is, is the same thing, just a different word. Right. Yeah. yeah I appreciate you naming that. And um it just makes me think about how this conversation um, could have gotten us burned. <laughs> yeah. You know? And like, maybe we don't name, you know, it, 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 it may not have come up until now because there's this like deep seated fear that we're going to get found out. That's yeah. part of the collective fear and shame is that in the past, our ancestors were killed because of these abilities. So mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of work to do around it. Mm. That feels really big. I feel like, go ahead. Any, the example of, you know, getting burned. Sorry, my kitty likes to, likes to play while I'm on the screen. Um, the example of, you know, watching, God, watching people get burned for these kinds of, these kinds of abilities like is not only a collective trauma for people that have these abilities, but if we're saying that like everyone has these abilities, it's a, it's an assault and trauma to everyone's psyche. Everyone. Like it's such a, it, it was such a like repeated historical event that like completely annihilated that that element of our psyche and what's really cool and exciting is that now we get to talk about it mm-hmm. you know like now the three of us are are talking about this on a very public platform and and speaking confidently you know we're not and i know we've all gone through our individual journeys of like oh is this okay to to name is this okay to voice can I call myself a witch can I call myself psychic am I psychic it's like yeah now we're sort of in this space where we get to explore it more and I think I'm really excited about encouraging 
you know, listeners and eventually building community on like, yes, all of these things that we're feeling are, yeah, we feel them too. And this is completely valid and part of our human experience. I think it's also vital to the healing of this massive collective trauma that has resulted in this manifest form of killing our planet. You know, that we have to come back to ourselves. We have to stop betraying ourselves because ourselves are a microcosm of our planet and the universe, you know? Mm -hmm. And if we're divorced from ourselves and there's any number of things that we can do that are so against our, the soul, you know, like, um, this came up recently, like this, the idea of sex trafficking and like, you have to be really divorced from soul in order to, to do some of these things that, you know, are being done like in incredible numbers here in Los Angeles, you know, it's like, how do we do that? There's dissociation happening. We're just not connected. Yeah. To deepen our truth. And so I think like, what we're speaking on is so vital and vital for that life water to come back. Like we're talking about, it's sort of watery. It's this feminine thing that um, we're parched. Yeah. You know, and we really need that, that level of nutrients to come back and. (sighs) Yeah. I feel like we could spend so long talking about just this one I mean in just this theme now where you know you can feel it you can feel it deepen Mm -hmm. um but I uh I feel like that's such a potentially good place to begin to wrap up and Mm -hmm. and end with like it's really it's both really exciting that we do have this space to talk about things like intuition now and I think it's, I think it's happening at this, like at this particular point in our human evolution because it needs to, mm-hmm. because, because the way that we've lived for centuries um, as a collective is expired. It doesn't work anymore and it's, and it's dying off. Yeah. Um, so, so what are, how can we come back to, our foundation how can we come back to our intuition with with integration and wholeness in a completely different way than our ancestors did you know right and also being gentle with yourself and having the awareness that it there's so much trauma around Mm -hmm. intuition around this subject that it is really tough to build that relationship Mm -hmm. It's 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 hard it really is yeah So naming too, like in that, that there could be along the journey of reconnection and claiming and owning intuition and trusting intuition, there might be big activation that comes up and, and could be really helpful to work with somebody Mm -hmm. with all of that. Mm -hmm. Imagine that as we go forward, because this is such a big topic, this is going to be weaved into every other podcast, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's almost like this is foundational, like, um, groundwork that we're laying right now. Like intuition one-on-one. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm. Well, stay tuned y'all for upcoming episodes and please continue to follow us, share, subscribe. Um, and of course, you know, it, it always helps if you share our stuff on social media. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at our Coven Collective or things that we're writing and posting and musings and all that. And thank you. Till next time. Thanks.